Today, we ask the question why the New York Islanders seem to have such difficulty attracting unrestricted free agents and discuss some possible players who are still out there on the trade market. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. Thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So much to discuss here as we go through another quiet day on the free agent front. But first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to shoot us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, We're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We have got all things Islanders covered between now and the start of training camp in a couple of months. It should be a pivotal offseason, whether it's trade rumors, free agency, or anything else happening to your Islanders. We will discuss it here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, another day goes by, and the New York Islanders have not announced a a big free agent signing, and I'm not shocked. I mean, we know that the Islanders would need, if they were going to add a seven, eight, nine million dollar a year player, also have to make some trades to make that happen. So, it isn't an easy thing for this team to just do at the drop of a hat. But, I wanted to talk a little bit about why it is that the Islanders are having difficulty bringing in free agents and or even just retaining their own. If you go back to the John Tavares situation a few years back, uh, Artemi Panarin took less money to sign with the Rangers. Johnny Goudreau just earlier this week deciding not to come to the island ends up in Columbus. Why? Why are the New York Islanders consistently struggling to convince big ticket players to come here? And I thought about this, and I think the fact is the reasons have changed. Traditionally, the reason used to be, well, the Islanders don't spend a lot of money. That was certainly true during the Mike Milbury era. Certainly true at different times. 
where Garth Snow did not have a lot of money to work with necessarily and had to make do on a shoestring budget. Uh, but now the Islanders are pretty much up against the cap ceiling, so it's not like you could sit back and say, oh yeah, Islanders aren't willing to spend money. You can make the argument that not spending money wisely limits the amount of cap space they have. I think that's part of it. It used to be that the facilities were a problem. The Islanders were playing at the Nassau Coliseum. And as much as fans loved the old barn, it wasn't going to attract free agents who were going to say, yeah, I want to play in a building that was 50 years old and wasn't up to modern NHL standards. It was the second oldest building in the NHL. And then Madison Square Garden, which is a little bit older, was renovated several times. So, you know, the the Coliseum wasn't a big selling point, and neither was Barclays Center, if only because it wasn't a great hockey rink, even though the arena itself is very nice. But cutting through all that, you think, what 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 is our perception as Islander fans, as Islander media, people who cover the team, you think... Here is an Islanders squad that reached the conference finals two years in a row before this past year, had a Hall of Fame coach uh, or future Hall of Fame coach in Barry Trotz, don't have him anymore, have a GM, Hall of Fame already, in Lou Lamorello. Uh, you would think that plus the UBS Arena brand new, just played there you know, one year, would be a magnet. You think new, being in and around New York City, uh, would also draw in some players who want to be part of the Big Apple and take advantage of what that and Long Island have to offer. But you know what? It's not all that cut and dry. Part of it may be the fact that the Islanders are not viewed the same way by potential free agents now as maybe the way the fans look at it. We look at it like, okay, we were so close in 2021 and 2020. We reached the conference final. We lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions, and no team in the playoffs those two years gave the Lightning a better fight than the Islanders. We're one or two players away. Okay. But this is an older roster now. We've talked many times on this show how many players on the New York Islanders are on the wrong side, so to speak, of 30. And, you know, Josh Bailey, over 30. Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, uh, all over 30. Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Rock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parise. Simeon Varlamov, all these guys are over 30, and that doesn't include right now your Andy Greens and your Zdeno Charas, who may or may not be back. But realistically, this is an older roster. And while Lou Lamorello is a Hall of Fame GM, he's also on the older side has, according to what most people have written and believe, one year left on his contract. Now you have an unknown in 
in Lane Lambert as your coach, although he is a respected assistant, never been a head coach before. But does the fact that Lou Lamorello may be entering a lame duck season possibly impede his ability to bring in unrestricted free agents? Do unrestricted free agents believe that this older roster, which may have a new GM in a year, maybe they can make a run this year and next year, but in the long run, this team has a rebuilding effort in front of it most likely, and maybe if you're looking to sign a seven-year contract, the Islanders wouldn't necessarily be the first choice because beyond the next two, maybe three years, things may look iffy and a rebuild may be in their future. That may be part of it. Lou Lamorello's lame duck status may be part of it. Uh, And the fact that the Islanders have not won a Stanley Cup since 1983, that means that none of the players currently playing in the NHL have any first-hand memory of the Islanders lifting the Stanley Cup and being Stanley Cup champions. All of those things, I think, are drawbacks in the way some free agents are looking at things, and I think Lou Lamorello also does not have a reputation for spending big, rightfully or wrongfully. I I think those are partial reasons why the Islanders may be having some difficulty attracting unrestricted free agents. It's not the building anymore. It's not that the team is unwilling to spend money, but I think some of those other things... Uh, maybe the fact that Lou Lamorello is a little stricter reputation-wise, doesn't allow facial hair, more of an old-school traditionalist kind of guy, may have a small part to do with it. But I think the biggest component really is sort of the uncertainty of the future of this team. And that is a perception that Lou Lamorello has to change, whether he can do that by trade or not remains to be seen, but it is something we have to keep an eye on. Let me know your thoughts. Send us an email, hit me up on Twitter, uh, and let me know why you think the Islanders are struggling to sign free agents, and I'm happy to discuss anybody's comments or opinions on a show next week. We've got a lot more to get to. We'll talk about some possible players who may be available via trade or free agency who could be a, a good plan B for this Islanders team as they look to add that elusive goal scorer. We've got that, plus a former 40-goal scorer for the Islanders is our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball and You've got betting on NFL futures, NBA futures, NHL futures, a lot of stuff out there to bet on right now. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, tennis, and golf. 
And you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we know Johnny Goudreau isn't coming, but who's still out there? Well, out of all the free agents, I think Nazem Kadri remains, at least as of the time I'm recording this, uh, the biggest name out there. He's coming off a career-high 87 points, had 28 goals. Probably not coming. couple of reasons. Number one, he's still talking to the Avalanche. Probably will end up back there. Number two, he is a center, naturally, and that's the one area the Islanders are deepest at with Barzal, Pajot, Nelson, and Sezikis. But it would still be kind of interesting to bring in Kadri if they could. Uh, Andre Palat still out there. Again, both of these guys have the Stanley Cup pedigree. Uh, Kadri just won one. Palat won a pair with the Lightning. Uh, Patrick Lane, uh, we talked about him a little bit yesterday. May not be uh, re-signing with Columbus, especially now that they spent all that money on Goudreau. We'll keep an eye on that. But Lane's not as consistent, really as some of those other players, and that may be a little bit of an obstacle to the Islanders who really need that that go-to guy who's going to be consistent. Two names that are still out there via trade that I think would be really good acquisitions. Vladimir Tarasenko, 34 goals, 82 points last year. Still under contract for one more year, which may lower the price of the trade if the Islanders have to make that kind of a deal in order to acquire him. Uh, The $7.5 million cap hit, uh, something, again, the Islanders would have to make a few moves to juggle. But, again, Tarasenko, one of those guys that automatically, when you add him to the lineup, makes your offense better. Another guy is JT Miller, and we didn't talk a lot about it because the rumors came and went very quickly on draft day, and we started to focus more on the player the Islanders did acquire, which was Alexander Romanov. But JT Miller is a guy the Islanders expressed some interest in, and I, I, I think he would have been uh, an interesting pickup. Uh, they, the Islanders were going to trade their first-round pick for him. They ended up trading that first-round pick for Romanov, but last year, 80 games, 99 points, 32 of them goals. Also a natural center in JT Miller, but... A guy who has played in the division for the Rangers, uh, has put up that career-high 32 goals this year, a little less consistent in the goal department, certainly than Tarasenko, but still talented and would move things up a notch. But here's the sort of uh, thing to keep in the back of your mind. The 2022 draft, kind of thin. There were the top three, maybe four players, and then everyone said, oh yeah, there's a, there's a big drop-off after that. 
not a deep draft. You trade the 13th overall pick in the 2022 draft. That's okay. But in 2023, the draft is deeper, the prospect pool better, and I think the Islanders, who still are thin as far as their prospect pool goes, they should not be that eager to trade away that 2023 first-round pick. Now, you could always trade to get one at some later point, but I don't think you want to do it that way. You want to concentrate on keeping your own pick and maybe adding another pick at a great draft like that. So, you know, could the Canucks take some players for JT Miller? Uh, Or, you know, maybe the Islanders take a cap dump? We'll see. But Miller, to me, remains... Miller and Tarasenko, to me, are the two biggest names that come to mind first... And then among your potential free agents, Kadri, Palat. Those are the, sort of my top four as of now. I put Lane as a, as a fifth option. But you need a game changer. And look, Lou Lamorello is in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Is he perfect? No. Does he make mistakes? Yes. But he's been pretty darn good at what he does for a long time. And one thing Lamorello always preaches is patience. And he always says, I don't want to overpay, and I don't want to make a move unless I have to make a move. I think it's clear he has to make a move. But whether he makes that trade now, he didn't make it at the draft, although you know rumors said he came close on Miller before making the deal for Romanov. But before the season starts, preferably, preferably before training camp starts, you want that, that forward who can really put the puck in the net in place so they can get acclimated to the Islanders, learn the Islanders' style, and play hockey, with, you know, get used to their teammates, all, all of those little intangible things that you need to be successful. You want to make them possible by making this deal sooner rather than later. So the clock is ticking and I know Lou Lamorello will wait until he feels he has the right deal and I agree. You don't want to rush it. You don't want to overpay but the move has to be made because the way this team is presently constituted sadly it isn't good enough even if everybody gets back to where they were in 2021 and you go into the playoffs and play that well, I don't think there's enough offense on this team right now to say that the Islanders would be one of the top five Stanley Cup contenders in the NHL. And to get there, to even get into that conversation, you got to have that bona fide 30-plus goal scorer who opposing teams have to account for every time he's on the ice. The Islanders don't have it, and they need it. And it's up to Lou Lamorello to go out right now and bring that player home. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We'll have some more thoughts about free agency and trades and improving this team. 
We also have our Islanders birthday of the day, a early to mid-90s forward who had a 40-goal season for the Islanders. That and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and today is the 59th birthday of former Islanders winger Steve Thomas. Thomas, a native of Stockport, England. Not too many British-born NHLers out there. Uh, But he had some pretty darn good seasons in juniors his last year with the Marlboros of the OHL. 51 goals and 105 points in 70 games. Made his NHL debut in 84-85 with the Maple Leafs. Went on to play for the Blackhawks, where he had a 40-goal season. And then in the 91-92 season, early on, traded from the Blackhawks to the Islanders. Stayed with the Isles for four seasons through the 94-95 campaign, which, if you may remember, was lockout shortened. And then he played for the Devils, back to the Maple Leafs, back to the Blackhawks, the Ducks, and the Red Wings before his career ended at the end of the 2003-2004 season. And I'll tell you, Steve Thomas, 1,235 NHL games, 421 goals, 933 points, and 1,306 penalty minutes. Add 174 playoff games, 54 goals, 107 points in those. And he went on after his playing career was over to be an assistant coach, first in the AHL, then with the Lightning, and uh, with the Blues in 2016-2017. That was the last time that he was an assistant in uh, professional hockey. For the Islanders, 37 goals in 92-93. 17 points in 18 playoff games during the Magic 93 run to the conference final. And then in 93-94, 42 goals for the Islanders. That was his best year. And we're going to look at his best game with the Islanders. April 15th, 1992, Nassau Coliseum. Islanders hosting the Devils. Chris Terreri, the goalie for the Devils. Glenn Healy is the Islanders' netminder, and the Islanders get on the board first. Adam Creighton, his 21st assist to Mick Vakoda and Scott Lachance at 317, 1-0 Isles. That's how it stood after the first period. In the second period, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Steve Thomas gets on the board, his 27th of the year. Tom Curvers and Daniel Marois with the assist at 930, Isles up 2-0. Then... Ray Ferraro gets his 40th, a milestone goal for him. Daniel Marois and Steve Thomas, our Islanders' birthday of the day, with the helpers at 1540. That made it 3 0. Then the Isles get two goals in 18 seconds. Benoit Hogue, his 30th, a milestone for Hogue. Pat Flatley and Ray Ferraro with the assist at 1812. And 18 seconds later, Steve Thomas, his second of the game, 28th of the year. Daniel Marois and Jeff Finley with the assist. Islanders up 5-0 after 40 minutes. In the third, Steve Thomas completes the hat trick. His 29th of the year, Lachance and Pierre Turgeon with the assist at 14:34, And four minutes and 10 seconds later, Steve Thomas, again, his 30th, fourth of the game. Turgeon and Joe Rieke with the assist. The Islanders win this one 7-0. 
They chase Chris Terreri, the final two goals allowed by Martin Brodeur. 22 saves and a shutout for Glenn Healy, but for Steve Thomas, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Four goals, five points, so add the assists, and nine shots on goal out of the 34 that the Islanders took in this game. Adam Creighton had five. He was a distant second on the team. So a magical game against a division foe for Steve Thomas. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. It'll be interesting to see what Lula Amarello actually comes up with. What is he going to get done between now and the start of training camp to turn things around? When he does make a move, if and when he does make a move, we'll cover it for you here. We will release a, uh, if there's a big signing or a big trade, we will have a mini podcast and, and certainly some videos up on Twitter. So make sure you check for that if and when something breaks. But, uh, I'm telling you, something will happen. The question is when, the question is what, and maybe the biggest question, will it be enough? Islander Nation sort of waiting with bated breath, but I think it will happen. We will see it. Let's keep our fingers crossed that it's worth the wait and that it's something good. That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.